still my name this week excellent you didn't decide to change it well i mean it has been quite boring being in lockdown but i've not quite reached the boredom threshold whereby i contact the deed poll people and change my name but i mean that could happen soon it could it's very very easy really to change your name it's much easier than i think it probably should be so what do you have to do it's literally you just i think log on to a onto a website and right. you maybe pay, I think, it's, is it £20 or something? It's really cheap. Like 15 or £20, yeah. Yeah, and, and then you've got a new name, which seems odd. So what you what would you change yours to, if you could? Um, I think I'd, if, if I could really genuinely change my name and I thought I had the personality to pull it off, I think I'd go for some Roman-style name, like uh, Nicodemus or Octavian. You can't call yourself Nicodemus because that sounds too much like Shacodemus. That is true. Do you know? Do you know why it would be Nicodemus? He's named after the cat in the film Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes, that's what I thought of as soon as you said Nicodemus. <laughs> Which he is probably Nicodemus is probably an important person in Italian or Roman history, but yet I think of him as a cat from Robin Hood. A cat in a Robin Hood film. <laughs> but what a film! It is a classic film. Um, yeah, I feel we've wandered off onto. Well, this is what happens when you're in lockdown. Your brain just spirals off. Well, yeah, I mean, when we used to do podcasts years ago in person together, yes, we used to both come with like an itinerary. We did. You know, we'd, we would take, we would, we'd have written out all kinds of stuff we were going to talk about. There'd be bullet points. There would be minutes. There'd be an agenda. And now, because we can't do that anymore, we're just we're, we're freewheeling. Exactly. And I think one of the things is you kind of have to exist in your brain because there is literally nothing to do. No, that's reading books, mm-hmm. watching telly and living inside your head. And that's it. I know. And living inside your head is quite a scary place to be when you're middle aged like us. Yes, it's a very depressing place to be when you're middle aged like us. I wonder if our voices sound middle aged. Do, do you think our voices sound middle aged? Well, I mean, I was listening to recordings that we did about four or five years ago mm. and we don't sound any different now oh do we not that's good to know but then were we middle-aged were we middle-aged five years ago well no i don't i think we could have maybe just crept into it i think one of the things is neither of us smoke um which is the thing that ages your voice more than anything i think that's true i mean neither of us really drinks no much, and no. we don't smoke so you know and neither of us works in a coal mine <laughs> No, no, neither of us have managed to get work in the coal mining industry, much as we tried. As it's a, th- a thriving trade these days. <laughs> exactly. Do you know, and it actually leads me kind of into what I was thinking about, which might be our topic this week. It might not. We might wander off it after a while. But it is this idea of, and I think lockdown really does reinforce it, is this idea of nostalgia and, and, mm-hmm. and changes. Because there's two things that kind of come along with this, which, which I'll explain briefly. One is that I watched the first episode of Our Friends in the North the other Ooh. night. Wow. Um, because I love Our Friends in the North. I, I, I think it's probably the best of all British television programmes ever. Uh, I've never, ever, ever watched Our Friends in the North. Really? It's well worth watching. Ethelston Craig Steele. That's all I need to I, say. Steele? David Steele? Is it Mark, it is Mark Steele, isn't it? 
I don't know. I thought you meant David Steele. No, not part. David Steele. No, not not um, not him. Not um, any other Steele. Not Stainless. Um, uh, but Mark from um, such films as Kickass Two <laughs> or Kickass One. Obviously, a favourite quote of any film. Oh, of course. From Fever Pitch. From Fever Pitch. Go on. It's not the smoking, it's the crapness. <laughs> exactly. The best of all scenes in all of celluloid. But um, so I was watching Our Friends in the North, and Our Friends in the North was first broadcast. It's understandable why you've never seen it, because it was first broadcast in 1994-95. Right. Which was when you had been very much in your clubbing, pubbing, party years. I was, well, I was at university at that point. Yeah. So my whole life for three years was, or four years, was basically just like train spotting for four years. Exactly. Taking heroin, <laughs> I was hanging out in nightclubs, I was... <laughs> Going down toilets. Uh... I was throwing soiled bedding around the place, <laughs> making drug deals with Keith Allen in London. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, what, so I didn't do any of those things, can I just say? No, no, you probably did get drunk occasionally. I did. I did go to nightclubs sometimes, but I always left early because it was too loud. Mm. But one of the things in Our Friends in the North is, it's like I said, broadcast 94, 95. Uh, the, and what it does is, just for anybody that doesn't know Our Friends in the North, is basically it follows this group of four individuals over the course of 30 years. And right. it, starts in, it starts in 1964, which is 30 years ago when the when the when it was first broadcast and one of the things is in the opening scenes you've got like a horse-drawn coal truck this is what reminded me when you were talking about mining is that horse-drawn coal truck which was just normal full of these terrace streets uh, everyone dressed in shirts and ties all the time literally every man is in a shirt and tie in every single scene and it seems like ancient history and yet what occurred to me today is that 1990 is 30 years ago. And that's really not very long ago in my head. No, no, it's not horse-drawn carriage. No. Keep it go, is it? But like, if we were to transport like, a tw- like an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, which was our age when our friends in the North was first broadcast, mm-hmm. and put them in 1990, what on earth would they think? I think they would be... Well, I mean, I, I have children and I sometimes do that fatherly thing of telling them how good they've got it and how they don't yeah. know what it was like when we were children. Gather around the fire, probably... children, let me tell you. Gather around the, the iPad children with the artificial flame because we don't have fireplaces now because it's the 21st century. <laughs> That's true. But you tell them about what our childhood was like mm-hmm. and they, I don't even know if it's, they look disgusted, I'd say more than anything. <laughs> I expect them to look, you know, in awe about this yeah. historical lesson that I'm giving them. But when you say there was no internet, and that straight away, that's it. They're like, what did you do? No internet. There wasn't really computer games. Not the way they are now. I mean, we did have oh, we like, loved Ryan computer Clubs, games, football though. manager and things like that. We loved football manager. Well, sorry, we loved computer games. Oh dear, my Siri just, I'm going to take my Apple Watch off. My Siri just said, <laughs> I like helping people watch music. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Thanks, sorry for that. Um, yeah, no, there was there was a Brian Clough's football manager game where you basically had. It was really weird. You just you you put a team in, and then you sat for ninety minutes and you watched the minutes tick by. <laughs> Actual ninety then, minutes. It wasn't fast. You forward. sat. Well, I think it was more like maybe 
five seconds for each minute. Right. But you sat and watched the full 90 minutes. Now, you didn't watch a game. You literally just watched the score. Mm. And then sometimes it would announce that one of the teams had scored. And that was basically the whole game. And my brother and I used to sit and play that for weeks on end. There was the, you had a BBC, didn't you? I had the BBC Micro, yes. Yeah, well, was, we had the Spectrum. And me and my sister played a game, an American football game called Endgame, which was exactly Ooh. the same, but for American football. And right. we literally, an entire Easter holidays, <laughs> every single day during that Easter holidays, we would play Endgame hour after hour after hour, just watching numbers basically go up on a screen yeah uh, which was which was an odd way but i think one of the things is what's interesting this thing is did we look at our parents with disgust when they spoke to us about getting oranges for christmas <laughs> i mean i looked at my parents with disgust all the time <laughs> i think i must have told my mom and dad i hated them about a million times a day but that's quite standard for a moody teenager isn't it? it is and i think one of the things is but i wonder then if 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 your mom and dad and, and when my mom and dad talk to my nieces i wonder if if when they tell stories about what life was like in the 60s this our friends in the north time whether they'll look at their grandparents with awe because that's what i always did with my grandparents in fact i was speaking to my granddad yesterday and he was telling me about ve day and yes. his experience was a VA day. And even now at 42, I was sat there sort of, you know, lapping up every word as he spoke about what life was like in 1945. Well, it feels like our hist- the history that we share is rubbish because, you know, our grandparents can talk about the Second World War mm. and they can talk about, you know, rations. They can talk about the starting of the health service, the NHS. We don't have any like that. We've got second zag on the big breakfast we I mean, well what's, we don't but what's, we what's do, we have the birth of the internet though well, i suppose like our parents have the 60s that's their only thing they talk about the 60s and the way the beatles came and the world changed yeah, yeah. and all that but in terms of the wider span of human history the dawn of the internet which occurred with us in our late teens early 20s mm. is probably the most you know, seismic since the Second World War. But I don't know necessarily if we can shape it into a narrative. It's not an interesting story, is it? It's not really like... Plugging plugging your computer into the wall, that doesn't make for a good story. No, in 2001, I got Hotmail. (laughs) And MSN (laughs) Messenger, it was really good. (laughs) I remember the first time I ordered something off Amazon. It was like a new world. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think we're unfortunate that we grew up in a time that's not as much as it is a very historical time, it's not really that interesting to talk about the start of the internet. No. It's really not. And yet... I mean, like the kid, like my children will have this moment in time. Yes. The lockdown. And I wonder how that's going to look, you know, 30, 40 years down the line. Is that going to... Because I mean, it still seems surreal yeah. that we're doing this. And we're, we're now in what, it's week seven or week eight of lockdown. It's surreal that it's happening. It is. And what's, what's weird, I think, is that, and I had a big, long conversation about this with somebody um, before, is that I still, we, we think that this is an absolutely seminal moment in our lives and in, our, in the history. And I suppose for these seven weeks, six or 10 weeks, however long it lasts, will be. But if the final death toll, and, you know, touching wood, it's as low as possible. But if it ended up at, say, 50,000 people, um, in 40 years time when your children are talking to their children indeed you know or even potentially 40-50 years time when they're talking to their grandchildren 
will we judge this three month period, four month period as a weird Princess Diana-esque blip? Because they'll be like, well, how many people died? Right, okay. How many people died of flu every year? Okay. You know, like it's huge. And I do agree with the lockdown and I do agree with everything that we're doing, but in the wider span of human or even just, you know, I British think, history. I, yeah, I think, I mean, the, you would have to explain the fact that there are only 50,000 people dead is because of the lockdown. Mm. And if we hadn't had the lockdown, the numbers would have been far, far higher. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, say Sweden or South Korea, for example, who haven't had lockdowns. Yeah. And have managed to get by without masses, mass deaths. Is, well, we'd kind of look and just go, oh, you know, it was a complete failure of judgment and preparation and you know i don't know see i don't know why you're talking about this because i heard boris johnson on the steps of number 10 last week and he was talking about other countries looking at our apparent success well, at tackling this crisis so well that's I don't true know what you're talking about, John. i know that is true I, I don't really know what i'm saying here i think i think i'm just kind of scratching around in the dark to try and work out like this is the most i mean i do think we will sit around and you know i mean i might not have grandchildren of my own but if certainly with your grandchildren and you sit them down and you talk to them about this time you know they'll look at their parents with contempt when they tell them about it but when yes. you tell them about it they'll be sort of sat there going oh my goodness that was amazing but where it will actually fit whether we'll be talking about 9-11 or if we'll be talking about the credit crunch yeah. or if we'll be talking about because this happened to us I suppose 9-11 didn't happen to us no, and the, no, we were in between. We were at the in between stage for that, weren't we? But even so, like it didn't actually impinge on our shores, really, did it? No, like in a, in terms of our daily life. No, we we watched it on Sky News for two or three days solidly, but apart from that, it didn't really affect no. us enormously. I mean, it obviously will have affected some people listening, yeah. but it didn't affect us, so it's it's a difficult one. And the same with the credit crunch is that in terms of us two as particular individuals, it the credit crunch didn't really affect no. our lives i mean i suppose it is now because our public services which were you know engaged in austerity for 10 years because of the credit crunch is now coming home to roost i suppose but uh, but yeah so maybe this will be our moment this is going to be our moment in time as whitney would that's say a, that's an exciting thought as who would say whitney Oh, Whitney. I thought, I thought you were going to do per- A Perfect Moment by Marty McCutcheon. Oh, no, no, I went Whitney. You're too classy for that, aren't you? <laughs> Interesting, actually, you talk about VE Day. I, I feel that like I might have sullied VE Day this, this year. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you. Well, I started watching the feature film Jojo Rabbit. Oh, amazing film. I've only watched the first 10 minutes of it, and I already love it. I'm going to watch the rest of it, uh, maybe tonight, actually. And my kids were sitting while I was, well, two of the kids were sitting with me while I was watching it. And, you know, at the beginning, it's just a wee boy standing in front of the mirror and he's got Hitler beside him <laughs> and he's making him shout, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler. And it's, you know, it's, it, it doesn't sound funny, but it is incredibly funny. I think you know where the story's going. I think, yeah, I, do. I think I'm ahead of you here. Yeah. So, yeah, so they watched that. So, they, yeah, it starts with this wee boy and he's got this imaginary Hitler with him the whole time and Hitler's goading him on to do his Hail Hitler better and better and it's, it's, it doesn't sound funny but it is actually very funny and they're sort of jumping about the room going Hail Hitler, Hail Hitler and he runs down the street you know frog marching and goose stepping and it's it's all very funny Yeah, uh, I think it's Twist and Shout but the Beatles is playing over it as well so it's yes, all very it is, yeah. 
So we were out in the garden yesterday. Oh, no. Um, enjoying a bit of sunlight, doing a bit of painting on the grass. Nice. Kids were painting rainbows to put in the window for the NHS. So we were doing something good. Mm. And then Doug got bored and wandered off to the side of the house to play in a swing that we've got attached to a tree. And then I heard him shouting. I was like, oh, God, what's he shouting? Something he must have hurt himself. And I walked around the side of the house and he was he was frog marching up and down the garden right next to the pavement and the main road going, Heil Hitler! Heil Hitler! Heil Hitler! With the arm up, doing the whole thing. <laughs> and there were a few elderly people about, so I just took him inside and tried to explain to him the, you know the horrors of war and the, 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 the you know what that might that message might mean to some people and how that was technically that was probably worse than actually swearing mm. but I don't think he really took it on board because he was doing it again this morning in the living room he was sitting going Heil Hitler Heil Hitler so I think I'll need to avoid um, showing Jojo Rabbit to the children for quite a while yes um, I think yeah, <laughs> I, I love just I love the idea of like the STV cameras being in West Kilbride, yes. and they're just showing all the the bunting and the street parties, and then they cut to this one little boy <laughs> frog marching <laughs> up and down his garden, going "Hal Hitler, Hal Hitler" oh. on VED. I mean, I, I'd also like to. I'm joking. I didn't see any bunting, and I didn't see anyone out in a street party. But... I was going to say, did you? Because that's one of the no. things of because this was the other thing that was kind of leading me towards nostalgia is that when it was the fiftieth anniversary. I remember the 50th anniversary. I don't remember the E-Day, obviously. But I remember the 50th anniversary, which was must have been the 9th of May, or 8th of May, rather, 95. 95, yeah. Um, which I do remember very vividly because I didn't know anything about it, didn't know what was happening, or was just annoyed that Robson and Jerome were number one with White Cliffs of Dover, I think. And um, turning on the television, I think... I don't know if The Simpsons was on by then on Channel 4 at 6 o'clock, but I was turning on the TV to watch something at 6 o'clock and being really annoyed at the fact that there was all this pageantry and marches oh. and just being like, what's this? What's, what's, what's this? I want, I want Dominic Diamond doing Games Master. What is this? <laughs> exactly, because it was a gorgeous sunny day. I, I remember the day. It was a gorgeous sunny day. I would, I'd finished school and I was just sitting my exams. My parents were away on holiday, so it was just me in the house. And so I like, had this freedom and the world was new and everything was great. Um, but I couldn't watch the television programme that I wanted to watch. And I was in a huff with that. Um, <laughs> but, but one of the things is, in Scotland, there was nothing. Like, there, there was no build-up to it. There was no sense. I mean, I was out and about and stuff. I was wandering around. And there was no sense that there was this big, important day coming up. It just came and went. Um, apart from the television programmes being being overtaken. But here, today, in, 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 in England, which is where, obviously, I'm speaking from, um, in so many windows, there are um, Union Jack flags. There is bunting. I did pass a street party yesterday when I was out for a walk. Wow. Uh, um, it's a like socially a, distancing street party, I hope. Well, it was hard to tell because it's hard to tell who's in whose family. Yeah, that's true. Some people weren't socially distancing, but they might be coming from the same household. So it's hard to tell. They did look like there was like trestle tables out and people like having served food to each other. It's kind right. of what it looked like to me. Um, there's a lot of England flags out as well at the moment around the place, which I think is not really the point. No. <laughs> I mean, I think, I do think that's partly why it doesn't, that kind of stuff doesn't take off up here because. The Union Jack and the England flags are 
unless you come from a Rangers supporting family, mm. you wouldn't want to have a Union Jack hanging out your window. No. And, and I think that that's the things that changed so much is that like 50 years ago, there were many more veterans still alive. And I think yeah. the come Remembrance Day and, and such things, and I do think there was much more consciousness about the sacrifice that people made in the Second World War. But I think now we live in a much more nationalist, patriotic time. Like the, you, I, Do you remember, I don't think it was 95, but Morrissey, was it at Glastonbury, Morrissey pulled out a Union Jack and it was like vilified for it because Union Jack was associated with essentially racism. Yes. Um, and, you know, it was like somebody like Morrissey shouldn't be doing that. Uh, whereas now the Union Jack is everywhere. The, the England flag is even more prominent down here. I suppose the Scottish flag is much more prominent in Scotland than it was 25 years ago. I don't know if it is. I mean, you don't see Scottish flags all over the place. No, I suppose not. I'm maybe thinking about when I was just before I moved from Scotland first time, which was obviously 2014, yeah. and it was more of a time. You would see them a bit more, yeah. I think, than in our but childhood. Do you, so there. do you think the the flags in England are just a... Is this a because of Brexit, mm. that people are feeling a sense of national pride? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, oddly. Um, mm. I mean, there is that sense that there is... Um, that this is a British celebration, is that... I think 50 years ago, there was almost a celebration that the war was over. Yeah. I think this is a celebration that we won. And do you think it's just a coincidence then this week that we've seen the headlines saying, hurrah, freedom at last, <laughs> happy Monday. You know, we've had headlines in all the right-wing newspapers celebrating the, the beginning of the end of lockdown. True. The same week that we become the, the worst country in Europe for deaths. I know. And if you look at it, deaths per million, I think we're actually... I don't know if we're worse in America, but as in America, two worst countries in the world mm. in terms of your death per millions. Um, well, and for, yet, yeah. if you looked at the newspapers this week, you wouldn't have known that because it was all euphoric and positive and full of yeah. joy that, hurrah, Boris has done it, he saved the day and lockdown is finally over and we're all free to go and just carry on with our lives. Yeah, and it's a very odd, because I was out, I don't know if you, I don't know, I'm, I always kind of think that the west coast of Scotland, um, you know, sectarian violence aside is a very enlightened place I always think of it as being a very enlightened and quite mature and thoughtful place um, so maybe the media's sort of hurrah we're all free won't affect um, the west coast of Scotland but yesterday I went for a walk and the number of people not the street party although the street party was socially distanced questionable um, there were a lot more people out and about there were a lot more people sunbathing, sitting around outside, playing sports in the way that they probably shouldn't be. Yeah. The cars. I mean, I've noticed I've noticed a lot more people talking. Mm. You know, you see people's I think the stop and chat thing had stopped for a while. And yes. that definitely seems to be back in fashion. Yeah. Um there were four women standing across the road from my house. And I mean to be to be fair to them, they were socially distancing. They looked like a Fleetwood Mac album cover. It was these four <laughs> middle-aged women and they'd kind of arranged themselves in a sort of weird triangle pattern. And you know, I, I kind of smiled at that and thought, that's quite nice. But I definitely I feel this week I've seen a lot more people just out and about. When I've been out with the dog, mm. there's more people and there seems to be more cars and there's more people in cars. And yeah. this is the concern that I mean, I, I I know you don't really watch the press conferences, but the day that all, I think it was Thursday, when all these headlines were in the, fr the front pages, that everything was, was great, Dominic Raab 
did the press conference, which mm. is always awful. Um, but it's Dominic Rab doing it because I, I don't know. He just I don't think he knows what's going on sometimes. And he was asked about the headlines, and he was and he was like, no, 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 everything's no, just carry on as you are just now. No, you stay at home. Don't you know? And the journalist kept saying to him, do you not think there's a bit of a mixed message here? Because on the one hand, all the papers are telling us that you know, word from number ten is that lockdown is coming to an end, and you're telling us it isn't. And he was just like, well, just 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 wait till wait till Sunday, and then then you'll find out. And and I, it just seemed like. Everybody, I, I can understand why people are confused. Well, because if you only get your news from the Sun or the Daily Mail or the Express, you will have seen freedom, yeah. end of lockdown, hurrah, we've won, we've defeated the virus. And you would think, cool, I can just go out, get on with my day. But Whereas if you actually yeah. follow the news and you follow all the, the, the stories, you would realise that, no, it's it's not over. We're still, we're at, we're at the top of the peak just now. We haven't started to come down from the peak yet. We're, we, may, we may be past the very top but we're still kind of right up there at the peak. Yeah. And it's, and it's one of those things that it's natural human behaviour. It happens in any walk of life. Is that the, the renewal of the lockdown was supposed to be Thursday because it's always been Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Um, but then as soon as you put it back to Sunday and say, we're going to update you on Sunday instead, well, you presume something's going to change because yeah. otherwise you just keep it Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Uh, but then also you've got that human nature element of, um, I remember when I was at school is that in my first year at secondary school, I didn't go on the last day of term to school because I was like, oh, we're not going to do anything. And then my second year, I didn't go the second last day because yeah. we're not doing anything. And then the third last day until, you know, I think my final year of school, I didn't go back for the last month. Yeah. And I, was, <laughs> I was like, well, nothing's going to happen, is it? And I think that it's the same principle is that people are going, well, why don't, you know, it's going to loosen on Sunday anyway. So might as well go today. Might as well. What's, what difference will it make? What difference is there between Sunday and, and Friday? Because, you know, it's just exactly the same and it's gorgeous weather. You see, the difficult thing is in Scotland, our first minister extended the lockdown for three weeks on Thursday. Mm. Now, I don't know how much coverage that gets in England, but. Nicola Sturgeon came out on Thursday afternoon. She does, unlike Boris, she does her press conferences every single day. Right. She doesn't. She doesn't get. She doesn't send the health secretary out on her own to do it. She does it every day. Every no matter how difficult it is, when all that stuff with the chief medical officer happened a couple of weeks ago, Nicola fronted that. Wow. Um, obviously, Boris was ill. Yes. Um, but even when he's not been ill, he hasn't been on every day. But she came out on Thursday and she said. Uh, as far as our science says, the lockdown has to continue for another three weeks and we'll look at updating it then. But I, I don't know. It, it feels as if with Boris and Dominic Cummings that all that leaking to the press this week, it felt like a very tacky opinion poll. Mm. What they were doing was they were putting out these messages and then just seeing what the public attitude to that was. And from certainly from the things that I listen to, the sort of news shows that I listen to, I don't think I would suggest that the majority of people are still quite happy to stay in lockdown a bit longer because they think it's possibly the safest thing to do. Yeah, I think people are relatively happy. And I think but then it's the confusion. Everybody's confused. And I think that when you have messages suggesting that because it's if you're on furlough, then if you've lost 20% of your income and you didn't have much to begin with, mm. then 
any green shoot you can sort Absolutely. of grab hold of, you'll be like, let's end this lockdown soon. Well, if you're self-employed, as I am, yeah. I only got my email yesterday to tell me that I can now apply to see if I'm eligible for any money. Right. And I will not be able to get any money until the, I think it's the second week of June. Right. So if you're a self-employed person with no money mm. and you've not been working since the middle of March, you have to go without any money at all until the middle of June. That's three months. Yeah. and, and A long time. It's an extraordinarily long time. And yeah. And so I think that people will want lockdown to finish for that reason. And of course. Purely financial reason. I think one of the things, the difficulties with opinion polls, I think a lot of the time is that I think it tends to be more middle class, middle aged people. I know yes. they try and balance it all out and everything like that. And I know they do and they try and make allowances and such. But the vast majority of people that are either going to answer the phone or log on and, and go onto these websites uh, where they can be part of the opinion polls, they do tend to be from the slightly better off part of society where they can maybe last yeah. a bit longer um, and they get their news sources from more than just the daily press conference. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that that makes it difficult. So we don't see, like, for example, yesterday, which was weird because it was a bank holiday, um, around the corner from me, there's one of those hand car washes. Right. Um, you know, and it had opened for the first time. That's the first time it's been open in, well, the, since lockdown began, however long that is. And it was interesting because I was like, well, that's not essential work. Like, there's no way you can class car washing as essential no. work. And yet it's open. And, like, they weren't being shut down. Police car drove past as I, as I was walking past. Didn't seem to care. But is it, I mean, is it a law? I mean, it's actually a law because B&Q, you know, branches of B&Q have opened up here and yeah. people are queuing for miles yeah. to get B&Q. And, and at Brayhead Shopping Centre last weekend, Costa opened up a drive through and the queue was going out onto the motorway <laughs> at Brayhead. Now, you know, you and I, that's where we go to the cinema yes. often. The queue was out just, just for Costa. Oh, man. We have kettles in our houses. Why, why? I mean, I, I mean, I, I understand that people who've been stuck indoors for months, anything, you know, being queued opens, are like, oh, brilliant, yeah. something different. Costa opens, brilliant, it's, it's, it's something different, and I can understand that. But it, like you said, Costa Coffee, being queued, these are not essential shops. No, they're not. They're not really. They're not. I mean, being queued makes a kind of sense to me in the sense that. Um, People are stuck indoors all day. They might as well go with some DIY. Yeah, of course. Um, but, but, having, just, but having Costa and KFC and Burger King opening up drive-throughs, that's not essential. No, true. And given that they're saying that people who are obese are at higher risk of dying of this, <laughs> thing, should you really be opening KFC and Burger King? Really? That's true. You should be opening fruit stands. Well, yeah. I mean, or, or maybe not. How many fruit stands exist? I wouldn't know. I've not seen a fruit I don't stand. Know. I mean, there's a fruit. There's a there's a there's a green grocers in West Kilbride. There is. There is. And they're open. They what they're doing is, it's quite nice. It's almost like an old. It's almost like are you not are you being served? I talked about that last week. What's it called? Open all hours. The, the what they've done is they've put a table in front of the the door, 
and the guy stands behind the table and he goes into the shop and he gets you what you want, he brings it out. Oh, nice. I quite like it. It's like a market. All I'm thinking about, if I'm honest now, is nothing about fruit, nothing about lockdown. It's which classic BBC sitcom are you going to mention next week? That's all I'm thinking about. You did open up Probably are you being served. I mean, that's, are you being served twice and now open all hours? <laughs> I think I'm going to go with I, porridge next week. I think you might do oh, porridge. Well, I'm not now you've said that. No, exactly. I'm trying to, I'm, you know, ruling that out for you. I just um, thought, before we, before we go, I thought I would update you. I have now finished the Twilight series of ooh. books. You've managed I was to on the second book. Yeah, I was, on this, I was starting New Moon last week and I've read Eclipse and Breaking Dawn this week as well. And are you a convert? So I've now completely finished Am I a convert? Yeah. Um, I didn't mind it. Are you Team Edward or are you Team Jacob? I'm very much Team Edward. Team Edward, right, okay. Um, and I don't know if that's just because I quite like Robert Pattinson as a person. Right. He seems like quite a decent bloke. He seems quite funny and very normal. Yes. Whereas Taylor Lautner that plays Jacob seems a bit of a bro. And he's a terrible actor. Uh, He's not a great actor. Although he is very funny in Cuckoo. I don't know if you've watched that. No, I never saw Cuckoo. Quite self-deprecating in that. But no, I mean, the Twilight books are fine. Oh. And I I discovered this week in the news that there's going to be a new Twilight book coming out in August. Did you know this? Yes, it's from Edward's point of view or something. It's the first book. I mean, I think this is what she's now going to do is write the four books again, but from Edward's point of view. Right. Because she always, as we mentioned last week, she's already done the one of... Yes, Twilight, but just swapped the genders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked into that after we talked about that. I, I, I'm not going to read that because apparently it literally is just the names and pronouns are changed, yeah, and that's it. Pretty much. Uh, well, I'm reading uh, currently The Crow Road for the first time ever. Oh, I've not read The Crow Road. I've got a pile of Ian Banks books to read, mm. and that's one of them. Well, I saw. I mean, did you watch the TV adaptation many moons ago? Is that Joe McFadden? Joe McFadden, Drew Grace yes. Scott, uh, yeah. Peter Capaldi. I do remember that. I do remember that, yeah. It was a wonderful TV show, and that's what got me into Ian Banks. I'd never read one before then. Uh, so how is it? What's that, sorry? So how is it? How oh, is it's great. Wrote? It's classic Ian Banks. If you like Ian Banks, it's kind of wandering all over the place in the west coast right. of Scotland with people being very, you know, erudite and, and, and eloquent and funny, and and you, you just get lost in the family histories. It's great. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I don't know if it might be a bit of a come down after Twilight. Well, exactly. I maybe would. I would maybe have a palate cleanser first. Are you aware of the story of Twilight? Like what actually happens? Have you seen the films? I've seen the first two films and read the first two yeah. books, and then I gave up. I mean, they have they have a child. Oh yeah, so they do. Who's the who's the gonna in in the in? It's like Lord of the Rings or something. In, <laughs> What? <laughs> well, that that sort of the, not Lord of the Rings. That's the wrong analogy. It's like, uh, oh yeah, it's like Anakin Skywalker. It kind of ties the force together. Like, yes, essentially, like a chosen child. Yes, but it's called. It's got a really rubbish name because her mum, Bella, her mum's called Renee, uh-huh. and Edward's mum's called Esme. So the baby gets called Renesme. Well, that's a terrible name. That's an appalling name, isn't it? It is. I mean, I bet there are, maybe this is sexist, but I bet there's quite a few girls in their mid-twenties now who either have or are considering naming their child Renesmee. Yeah, and to be fair, it's only fair because there's a fair number of children now called Daenerys or Khaleesi. (laughs) 
That's very true. <laughs> so Renesme, I reckon, give it another five years and there's going to be schools. Oh, yeah. Renesme McCutcheons showing up. That's true. I wonder if there'll be a resurgence in Edwards, though, because you don't get many Edwards to the pound these days. You don't, that's true. Um, so, well, with the new Twilight book coming out in August, maybe that will happen. Maybe a new spurt, yes. Well, mm. I think on this Twilight note, I think we should end for the week. Absolutely. Everyone's going to tune in next week anyway to work out what sitcom you're going to mention. Yeah, and to find out if any of my other children have made kind of horrible <laughs> Nazi-esque humanitarian crime exactly. comments outside. We can all look forward to that. Yes. Okie dokie. Right, well, well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye! Bye! Bye.